As we close out this week and look forward to the next, let's look at some news stories you may have missed and a little bit of detail you need to know. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Today on the program, I have, like I said, some news stories in front of me. I think you probably heard some of them during the past week, but I want to give some more detail and, and a few stories you may have missed along the way. As I look at this program and what we've been doing now in our 10th month, I pray every day, where is the Lord leading this program in its next chapter? We started this program talking very much about the pandemic and the election here in the United States. And we're going to continue to talk about those topics from time to time. They, they are still important topics. And a matter of fact, on Monday, I'm putting together a program to look a little bit closer at what happened in the state of Georgia in terms of the election. There's bits and pieces coming out and more will in other states. I think the the mainstream news narrative that everything was fine is beginning to, well, show a few chinks in the armor, so to speak. And I think we're going to see things happening where that'll all lead. I've had some great discussions with some friends of mine. So what did we did discover? There was oh, I don't know, fraud in Georgia or major mistakes. What would that do to the to to the election? Would we have to undo the electoral college vote for the sake of Georgia? What if Arizona shows issues? What what if maybe Michigan or Pennsylvania? And there's some stories I've got here for especially for Monday that raise the question of the what if? What if the steal was real? What if there were things done under the name of the pandemic that caused an election to be stolen? And of course, you you listen to the mainstream media and it's like, well, that can't happen. Well, let's put it this way. Had Donald Trump won, they would be claiming it could happen because they were in the tank for one candidate. They were believing the election was stolen back in 2016. And now they believe it's impossible to steal an election, which makes no sense. It shows the duplicity of our news media today. Can't trust them. I I have to watch some of it. Look, even some of the correspondents at Fox News are driving me crazy these days because they're taking on the corporate woke attitude. Follow the money. Follow the money. Remember, it is the grandchildren of Rupert Murdoch that are taking over News Corp that pretty well runs Fox News. And outside of a handful of people on that network, the rest are becoming just like everybody else on the other sterilized corporate-type networks. That's just the way it is. And it's a sad thing. So we'll deal with that on Monday and look at those those particular stories. I think you're going to get a kick out of them. And and some of the things that are happening behind the scenes are it's interesting. So the question is, so what would happen? How do you undo 
a stolen election. I don't think we really have a mechanism in our Constitution for election theft. And I really believe that the Supreme Court of the United States was totally derelict on their duty when they had the chance early on before the Electoral College met, before things got out of hand. They refused to listen to the complaints of the states like of Texas against other states. They just walked away. They were derelict in their duty. They were worthless. I believe Justice Roberts must be compromised. For a guy that claims to be a conservative, he bends over and falls into lockstep with too many, shall we say, leftist causes to the point that I believe he is somehow compromised. And I have to wonder, our Supreme Court, is it compromised? And of course, then you have the Biden administration threatening, hey, we'll just put on, make it 13 justices. We'll, we'll take nine and we'll add four of our own and we'll tip the court. And maybe when the Republicans would get back in, we'll make it 21 justices. Before you know it, we'll need a football stadium to seat the justices in the stands. We are in deep trouble in our nation, and we'll be talking about that a bit today and in the next week. A couple of notes before I get to these first stories here. had a, a letter that I'm trying, a little note that came as a postcard and I'm having a difficult time reading it, sorry, uh, between some spelling problems and other things. I'm not, it's not making any sense, and there's no city or any name. So I'm not exactly sure what you're wanting to tell me, but it's not very clear. I think there are a few things you're saying that I'm, like I say, I'm not sure. But I do like to read your mail the best that I can. And you can always write me, and you can use email, or you can use regular U.S. mail. And like I say, I'm, I'm sorry that I've got this one little postcard here. And between what happened to it in the post office and a few other things, I, I can't make out much of anything. So I'm sorry about that. If you listen via shortwave, I'm trying to get a real assessment over the next week on what station times and frequencies are the most listened to right now. On the short wave at the moment, we are on Monday and Tuesday a number of times on WRMI. We are on 5950, that's 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Again at 9395, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I believe at 9 p.m. on 5850, and then again at uh, 10 p.m. on 5950. Wednesday, we're only on twice, 5950 at 5 p.m., 9395 at 6 p.m. And then Thursday and Friday, we are on the air three times, 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. on 5950 and 9395, respectively. And again at 10 o'clock at night. On 5950. I know that sounds really complicated to, to follow, and I apologize. I'm trying to figure out when on WRMI people listen, trying to find if there are other frequencies and, and orientations of antennas to cover other parts of the country. Working on that in July, August, and into September, it looks like right now. And I think you'll be seeing some positive changes. We're also on KVOH. KVOH out of uh, Simi Valley, Rancho Simi Valley in California 
on 9975. That airs at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, and they send their signal from California toward the south and east. And so if you're hearing us in like Texas or Florida, Louisiana, I would appreciate it. And let me know that you're listening to KVOH. Also, we're heard as a podcast. And now we're heard on a our satellite channel, Truth to Ponder Radio, Truth to Ponder Radio on Galaxy 19. That's free to air satellite. Sometimes the channel numbers I'm hearing are not coming up as expected. Uh, it's supposed to be on Glory Star Channel 1000. So far, I've not seen it there. But I'm seeing it on two different receivers at 2040 and 2048. And I'll be inquiring about that as we get into the first part of next week and give you some more information. I think it's a great resource. Let me know if you even have free-to-air satellite on Galaxy 19. It would mean a lot to me. So let's get ready here and turn toward the news. As many of you know, along with me, This past year, with all the strangeness that occurred during this COVID-19 pandemic, the things that we did as a society, you remember being locked down. The whole idea, remember two weeks to uh, flatten the curve, two weeks, well, actually 15 days, but yeah, 15 days to flatten the curve. And if we do this, hey, somehow it's going to be better. And 15 days became 15 weeks, became 15 months in some cases. And in some places in the world, this insanity is still going on. Governments, I don't know what's wrong with these governments using these measures, but I think I'm getting a better handle on it. And I believe some governments, like some in the Caribbean I can think of, they're being hoodooed by the who. Let me give you an, let me tell you, explain why I think that. Ran across an article about the the who an employee there suggesting that lockdowns will be reused and rebranded. Now, why would they do that? Because I think in many parts of the world, and I've got a couple of other stories. Uh, you know, the idea of lockdowns is starting to get old. People are beginning to rebel, and and so they're going to need a, a better reason than just COVID-19. The truth is, these lockdowns have always been a part of the World Economic Forum's goal of a global financial reset. That's right. A global financial reset. According to author Mariana Mazzucato, a professor of economics at the University College of London, argue that in the near future, the world may need to resort to lockdowns again. Now, notice she says, this is somebody from the WHO. We may, we're going to have to, you know, resort to lockdowns again. But this time to, ready for this? Tackle a climate emergency. Ooh, climate emergency. Yeah, see, we're, it's kind of running out of steam to lock everybody down on COVID-19. Even though that in, in Canada, I've got a story about that I'll share in a few minutes, and it's just so sad what has occurred in Canada. Can you imagine a climate lockdown? 
because of global warming. Well, we can't say that because it's just climate change. And, and nobody can define it. Everybody says we're going to have all these disasters. You know, I saw a picture the other day taken of the Statue of Liberty and Liberty Island back in the late 1800s. And then I saw a picture of, of it all today. I saw a beach scene picture taken in the 1940s and then another one taken uh, recently like uh, 2020. And you know something? If we were supposed to have this massive rise in the sea, it's, it's just not there. We must remember, if you are intellectually honest, and I'm going to go back to 1970, Earth Day. That's when it all began, April of 1970. And all the predictions of all the disasters, and the world is going to freeze over this, that, and the fish will be dead on and on it went. And they made all these predictions of things that would happen by 1980 and no later than 1985 and 1990. We were told that by the early 1980s, because of mankind, the earth, you know, Miami Beach would be getting snowfalls in December, January, and February. These, these dire predictions that they make rarely come true. They haven't come true. Matter of fact, somebody has a great list out there of all the dire predictions made since the 1960s that should have already happened by now. And the batting average is zero. None of them have ever occurred. So why am I going to listen to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or any of that that disastrous mess in Washington, D.C., talking about imminent climate issues. That if we don't do something right now, it'll all be over. You know, we, we've heard for 50 years we only have 10 years left. We have just 10 years to fix this problem. This has been going on for over 50 years. And none of the predictions ever come true. So, so why do we bother to listen to these clowns? And people run around afraid of, of both the, the, the earth burning up or whatever, or the coronavirus getting them. And so now we're going to be using, using various kind of lockdown measures down the road for climate change. So th this would be used to limit our personal vehicle use, how far we can drive. Ban the consumption of red meat. You know, those terrible cows, those dairy cows and beef cows are destroying the planet. So they tell us. And impose extreme energy-saving measures and eventually forcing what they call fossil fuel companies, to stop drilling. Number one, stop using the term fossil fuel. It's a misnomer. It is incorrect. It goes back to the 1700s. And a Russian theory at the time that all this oil near the surface of the earth was coming from dead dinosaurs. Instead, we go down thousands of feet. And we're finding this stuff. We see oil wells that were capped 20 and 30 years ago refilling. It's not dead dinosaurs. Stop calling it a fossil fuel. I think we're beginning to realize it's being produced deep inside the earth and pushing itself to the surface.
and when the powers that be decide to move on from the pandemic. Lockdowns will still be with us. And they'll rebrand it as a climate lockdown to save the planet, to keep global warming from killing crops. They'll be the ones killing the crops. They'll be the ones making food rations. And they'll be the one turning off your electricity. It's coming, my friend. And it's coming soon. Housing market. United States. I can't speak for other parts of the world, but I've got a feeling it's about the same and maybe even in Canada. The financial establishment, though, here's something you may not know. I get people that are always asking my wife or myself if we like to sell our home. And the, the prices are just through the roof. Insanity. But, you know, that I got to take the same money and buy something else. So why would I do it? It's just a number to me right now. But if you're in the buying market, that number can be very crushing if you don't have the money. And here's what's happening. There's a little competition. Now, we, we know a relative that just sold a, a home in New Jersey to move to another state, to the way southwestern part of Virginia, where the prices are still somewhat reasonable. And they sold their, their home for an insane price. I'm, I'm hearing stories, even in places that I've lived before, that were, you know, our place up in Georgia, up there, they're getting into bidding wars. You put your house on the market for one price, and you get more than you're asking in a bidding war. Well, there's a reason this is happening. There is the financial establishment, hedge funds and the like, they're buying up homes to turn the middle class into a mass of nothing but renters. And this is very much in keeping with Klaus Schwab's wonderful idea that you will own nothing and love it. And you'll be happy. While they, the trillionaire and billionaire club, own it all. And they own your life. They own your job. They own where you live, and they tell you how much electricity you can use and how much meat you can eat and how much electricity you can have today, and somehow you're going to be really happy. Wall Street is outbidding normal Americans trying to buy homes. Private equity firms like BlackRock are buying up entire neighborhoods of single-family homes and turning them all into rentals. They fuel a very... They're going to fuel the housing bubble, you know it. And they will destroy the opportunity for home ownership by the decreasing middle class. Now, BlackRock is the world's largest uh, firm of its kind, the largest asset manager. And they are a big proponent of Klaus Schwab's you know, great global reset. They're looking to redistribute. Now, catch this number. They're looking to redistribute 120 trillion with a T dollars, 120 trillion with a T dollars. The World Economic Forum's Great Reset Agenda is a wealth transfer scheme. It promotes the abolishment of private property by the year 2030 under the guise of fighting climate change. And their motto is you will own nothing and you will be happy. As the real estate market today continues to break record, 
These institutional investors have been tossing gasoline on the fire, buying up these properties hand over fist. The prices are going up. I look at the numbers of the little houses that we own. The numbers are just, if someone had said any of this stuff would be worth anywhere near this to me just three years ago, four years, I would have thought you're crazy. It's going to make U.S. housing permanently so expensive. Prices could climb 10 12% this year. And the Biden administration is very happy about that. After all, their goal is socialism and taking away much of your personal freedom. Are you catching on to how this world is working? Are you seeing what's happening? And if I don't care where you live. If you live on the continent of Africa, if you live in England, Canada, the United States, Australia, it doesn't matter. There are globalists out there and it's becoming increasingly obvious this pandemic has been used and abused beyond belief. And the media has been complicit. You know, if you ever said, I said last year, the virus came from a lab in Wuhan. I said it on my radio show in April of last year, May of last year, June of last year. I've been saying it consistently since we started the daily radio show back last August. The mainstream media said I was a liar. The mainstream media said it's a debunked theory. The mainstream media said it's baloney. The mainstream media said it came from an old bat in Wuhan at a wet market. And that story now is falling apart. By the way, another little story here real quick. A laboratory, a laboratory has found children's face masks are crawling with dangerous bacteria, parasites and fungi. There was a group of parents in Gainesville, Florida. They sent some of their face masks the kids were wearing to a lab at the University of Florida, and they got an analysis of the contaminants right after they'd been worn. You know, kids wear these things all day because, you know, the scare teachers have to have the kids in face diapers because they're super spreaders or some such nonsense. The resulting report showed that five of the masks were contaminated with bacteria, parasites, and fungi, including three with dangerous pathogenic and pneumonia-causing bacteria. And the test is capable of detecting viruses. It never found, you know, SARS-CoV-2, but it did find a uh, herpes virus 1. The analysis also detected 11 dangerous pathogens on the mask. Mm. Isn't that healthy to have our kids go to school and wear these stupid masks all day, lowering the oxygen level in their blood, raising the CO2 to make little mentally deficient teachers and their unions happy? Now, while we have a few minutes here, I want to pay a little visit to our neighbor to the north in Canada. Now, I need to preface this story just just a little bit. I have many fond memories going back to my younger years. I lived in upstate New York for a long time, and I used to drive often to Canada. 
Over the years, I have made in ministry and other aspects of work, even radio and broadcast, a number of good friends in the nation of Canada. And I've always I always enjoyed the time that I was there, and they were freedom-loving folk like most of us were in the United States. But the Canada that I see today is a nation that is in a, in a world of hurt and a world of trouble. Canada is a nation, I can say this much, I think some of you may agree that Canada's been kind of an open-minded country that's not bad, but they've also allowed some of the strange moral and social attributes developing in Europe, France, and England to work their way in the culture just a little bit ahead of the United States. So when I see freedoms being lost in Canada, I know that the United States is right behind. Until recent times, Canadians, for the most part, I really believed valued freedom and independence. Now they've become sheep and they've been put in fear. The days of their freedom-loving and independence for too many Canadians, especially in the bigger cities, could be over. As As somebody said, politically, Canada has become a sick nation. They've succumbed to the irrationality of the left. And the United States is gradually doing the same thing. It's all happening in the United States, Australia, England, Germany, France. All the formerly great Western nations are just succumbing to this satanic leftism. In Canada, whether you are considered a liberal, conservative, new Democrat, or green, all the parties in Canada, all the major parties... They, they were all in support in lockstep, which makes no sense for lockdowns and these idiotic, worthless mask mandates, you know, the mask COVIDians. And they all promote the universal vaccinations that honestly have killed and injured more people than any other vaccine in the entire accumulated history of vaccines. There's one political party in Canada, though, that's been an exception to that lockstep. We must lock down. We must stay home. We must wear a mask. We must get a vaccine. We must, we must, we must. We must reject the fact that there are ways of dealing with this virus that we've known about, oh, I don't know, for 20, 30, 60 years. But we suppress that. The media suppresses it. There's a reason. We'll get to that in a few minutes. There's one party in Canada. It's called the People's Party. The People's Party of Canada. Now, there's an individual. You may have seen this if you watch some of the news in the United States. It's not been a huge story. But a guy by the name of Maxime Bernier. He's the leader of the People's Party. It's an official registered party in Canada. It's not some little, you know, made-up group. They've been around for a long time. And, and... Maxime has been very vocal in his opposition to the often ridiculous, unscientific, and draconian measures that have been taken into response to COVID-19. Maxime Bernier has been taking his message across the nation of Canada in recent weeks 
but last week ended up being arrested in the Manitoba province. Afternoon, sir. Yes, yes. Park with the RCMP. Yeah. I can get you step out of the vehicle. I'm going to place you under arrest right now. Yeah. You're under arrest under the uh, provincial health orders. Okay, so if you could just put your hands behind your back, face towards the vehicle. Okay, put your, give me one hand here. I'll get you to see the vehicle, okay? Thank yep. you. The other hand. Do you have any weapons or anything on you, sir? Weapon? No, no weapon. Only, anything on you only that's my hurt words. Me or anything. anything like that? Sorry? Anything on you that's going to hurt me or anything like that? No, no, yeah. anything will hurt you. Only my words, only my philosophy, only what I believe in. Okay. All right, come on over this way. I'll explain a few things to you here right away. Now you talk about, shall we say, an adverse reaction. What happened there? What you just heard was this guy's arrest for their their health violations. A bunch of baloney health violations, I might add. You know, this arrest is just showing that All of this COVID-19 stuff has nothing to do with your health. It's about control. It's about domination. And it's about a political ideology. I have some other stories I'll be sharing in the program today that really bring that home. Here's a guy that is the leader of a registered political party. And he's thrown in jail for hours. And find money because he has a message that, well, the the powers that be in Canada don't like. It's funny. The same people that throw him in jail, they can violate themselves and they never get fined or go to jail. Kind of like Governor Newsom or Governor Whitmer and all those in the United States. You know, do as I say. You do as I say, not as I do. Politically, Canada is falling apart. And, and I, I really feel bad for Canada. There's still some great people up there. But their corporate mainstream media is as mentally, intellectually, and morally bankrupt as ours in the United States. A guy named Robert Metz and Robert Vaughn, they're Canadians, that produce a program entitled Just Right. It is heard on radio and as a podcast. And on one of their recent shows, they talked about this politically motivated arrest and how the media reported the event, and how the Canadian media, just like the United States, is now just a propaganda outlet. Here's just a minute or so of what they had to say. Now, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom um, is made up of journalists and lawyers and dignitaries, all reputable people, and for this young cub of a reporter to call it a right-wing organization, a pejorative, to be sure, it's certainly not descriptive, that, in and of itself, should be pause for real concern about the state of journalism and how the future is going to uh, read this story here. Because they'll go back and say, oh, Maxime Bernier, represented by a right-wing organization. Of course, right-wing is a nasty term by the press. By the press. And so they're going to th- consider Maxime, who's already been smeared as racist and you name it by the press, they're going to look at this as a non-event. And, of course, they'll gloss over it. Well, it's funny you say that because I think the reporter's correct. It is a right. I wouldn't put wing on it, but it's on the right because the right is what represents freedom and the left represents totalitarianism. Yes, and but if, I, of course, I'm just saying that from his point of view, right wing denotes racism. 
It well, denotes no. Nazism, and that's what he's trying right. to get across. But anyway, it was interesting, Robert, that you referred to the papers of record, which I, ironically, I have been collecting a bag full of National Post London Free Press here in, in London, where I'm, you know, that's the paper of record here, but I'm collecting it as a record of pure propaganda. I'm not for a minute taking it seriously, and I think the, the history, the true record of history will be shows like this, will be all the other bloggers who are covering the accuracy of the event and then comparing it to those so-called papers of record, which I can't even see surviving into the future unless we continue in this totalitarian regime. That's, the only, that's their only ticket to survival. Um, I, I would only hope that you're right that shows like ours uh, will survive into the future, but uh, I just understand, like two days ago, Conrad Black wrote an excellent piece in the National Post, which more or less outlines what we've been saying all the time, not just about the COVID thing and the lockdowns, but also climate change. And, and you have Rex Murphy, another voice of sanity out there, but these people are like one in a thousand. They will get lost, their voices will get lost by the fake narrative that's being pushed out there, the government narrative. So I, you're, a guy, you're a glass half full guy, I'm a glass virtually empty guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, given the political nature of lockdowns and what I told you before, that they will be used as a part of the great economic reset. Mark my words. The idea of a lockdown, all of it, wearing a face mask to keep you in fear, the government being your savior, we have a vaccine. We're going to be getting into that in just a few minutes. There's some things you really need to know about and I want to share with you on the program today. Notice that anybody, how do I put this? Regardless of your credentials, your experience, you can be an expert in the field. If you disagree with the Facebook, the fascist book, the official leftist government narrative about COVID-19 and you have to be a mass COVIDian in order to survive, we now know that they were useless. They didn't do anything. But people had to wear these stupid things to their own health peril. Notice that anybody that goes against the WHO, the Chinese, the Democrat Party, the Facebook narrative, the mainstream media narrative, the, the Dr. Anthony, I am the father of the virus narrative, you are silenced and you are ridiculed. We will take a break. We'll pick this up on the other side. Very quickly, before we go to the break, if you believe in what we're doing here at Truth to Ponder, would you let me know that you're listening, how you're listening, shortwave, podcast, satellite? Be very important to me. If you can help us financially to pay for the airtime, if you consider a gift made to Ancient Word Radio, Mailing address 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. Once again, 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This is Truth to Ponder. 
with Bob Bierman. The end of magic. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now when we were very young, chances are you believed in magic. Magic slippers, magic wands, magic lanterns, seeds, apples, magic kisses, magic powers, Walt Disney's magic kingdom, and cereal that was magically delicious. But as we get older, we lose our belief in magical things. And that's good in the sense that the magic we were raised on is all illusion and fairy tales. And yet, there's something more to it. You see, Messiah said that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must become like little children. And you see, one of the qualities of little children is they believe and hope for miracles. But as we get older and live long enough and live through enough broken hopes and dreams and plans, we lose that. It's not about magic. It's about the Lord. But as little children, believing in fairy tales and godmothers and magic kisses is our way of yearning for something better, more. In fact, the word magic comes from the word magi. And the magi were people, too, who never stopped seeking for God and his miracles of new life. All their magic was empty. But as they kept hoping and seeking for something better, one day they saw a star and then they left their magic to find the miracle of miracles waiting for them in the feeding trough in Bethlehem. And so no matter how many times you have had your hopes crushed and your dreams dashed and your heart broken, my friend, never stop hoping, never stop dreaming, and never stop opening your heart in faith. Only don't put your hope in the things of this world, but in him who is better, in him who will never leave you or forsake you or reject you or fail you or break your heart. Put your hope in the hope of hopes, the miracle of miracles, the light of Bethlehem, in whose glory all magic is only a shadow. Want more? Ask for the Magician of Samaria. Now the free gift for you. From the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim to the writings of the rabbis, that Jesus is Messiah, the awesome long-hidden mystery now revealed. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. So how do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's it. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join, minister with me together to bring salvation to God's chosen people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and the zip 07644. That's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend and Messiah, Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. So glad that you're you're with me. There's one thing we learned during the pandemic of this past year and up until now. The most operative word, especially from the media, has been fear. Now I have no time right now to get into the inflated numbers, how the cases were done. These are stories you've heard, and we'll share some more, even more heavy detail next week. But fear has been the great motivator. Fear of death, fear of getting the disease. And the worst part was when there were proven ways to deal with it, the media would just immediately say it's not true. The same with the 
Well, the virus came from a lab theory. All these things are supposedly debunked. And next week, I'll be sharing some really enlightening stories on how much the media lied to you and how they were a part of putting you in bondage and in fear. Anybody that questions the narrative is immediately shut down, shut up, called a kook, deplatformed, you name it. They are just, they become the enemy of the state in what they're trying to say. And, and it's sad, but it's true, my friend. Very true. One of the casualties, in my opinion, of all of last year was how churches were treated differently than virtually any other entity in many of the states. Michigan, uh, the same was true in California, New York, New Jersey, pretty much all of Canada. I mean, don't you know that churches are the super spreaders that will kill everybody? But going to a Walmart, going to a liquor store, oh, they're fine. And if you wear a face diaper, you're super fine. In other words, we were given false information, false hope. Churches were shut down. You know, the enemy of your soul wants to keep you away from fellow believers. The enemy of your soul wants to keep you away from the fellowship that we need as Christians. And the enemy of your soul wants to keep you away from the Lord's table. Communion is more than just a symbol. You can't duplicate it on Zoom. You can't duplicate it on Facebook. It was meant for you to gather with fellow Christians, and they've used the pandemic to take away this spiritual nutrition, the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. A few years ago, I preached a sermon on communion. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time, as we go into your word. Today in particular, reminded of all those that have labored in your vineyard and have gone on before us. May we be worthy to follow in their footsteps. And may we also be worthy of your calling in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Now, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. May be seated. Today's sermon is not going to be all that long because today is a communion service. And to me, it, it really doesn't make sense to celebrate All Saints Day without having communion. And there's a reason for that. One of the great gifts I think we forget in the table of our Lord if you go to the words that Jesus said to his disciples on the night in which he was betrayed, and you see that term used in the English as we have it, do this in remembrance of me. We've all heard those words. The word from the Greek is animatesis for remembrance. And that word has a far deeper meaning than something we simply remember. We all can remember things we did in high school. We can all remember things in our life, important events, and we remember them with fondness. But this word has a little bit more pull. It says to bring into the present those things of the past. 
See, as human beings, we forget something about the divine nature of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He transcends time and space. We can't do it, but he does. He's not confound. He's not confound by the bounds that we are placed within in this human existence. And so as we fellowship around this table today, we are actually fellowshipping with all those saints that have gone on before us as they partake as well as we do this in remembrance of him who died to redeem us. And dare I say, as a lot of theologians have speculated, and I agree, with the saints yet to come, because we transcend that time and that space. A quick acknowledgement of something in today's lesson that stands out. You notice when Jesus in the gospel lesson today is talking talking about these Pharisees and scribes. They sit at Moses' seat. That's a seat of honor. And Jesus says, listen to them and do as they say, but not as they do. How many times have we heard that expression before? Jesus is pointing out, they may know how to tell you the truth, but they fail to live my truth from my word. The Word of God instructs us in a lot of things. Some things we're instructed to do, I know, are just natively to our human nature, not easy to do. To understand even communion sometimes goes beyond our comprehension. Some people are afraid of communion because they've seen what St. Paul writes, you know, to never take it unworthily. It doesn't mean that we are worthy to take it. Trust me, I'm not worthy to receive that gift up there. No one is worthy to receive it. The disciples, we're not worthy. It's the manner in which we take it. It's not our self-worth. It's are we taking it in a worthy manner? Are we giving it the respect and understanding that this is a gift that ties us and binds us together in the faith? Just so you know, when I do the service today, because it is All Saints Day, and because we are remembering, we are remembering those that have gone on before us. I'm going to use a slightly different prayer of consecration. It's one you don't have in front of you, but it's one that I feel for this particular day. It's slightly longer, not by much. But I think the words are beautiful and the sentiment that I think we need to understand is contained in those words. And I hope that we can gather together at this table, all of us are welcome to receive. We opened our service today with one of my favorite hymns. For all the saints, even as a child, not even comprehending the depth and the meaning of that hymn, for all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confess. Thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In my life, and maybe, maybe perhaps in some of your lives, we hear that hymn on a couple of occasions. Of course, it is 
the most predominantly used hymn in many churches for celebrating all saints. But how many of us have heard that hymn at a funeral? I know I have many a time. I was newly ordained a little over 20 years ago to the ministry. My grandparents had prayed since the time that I was about this tall that God would call me into the ministry. They had to wait till they were well into their 90s before I ever got that far. And I was, they were blessed to see me in the ministry ordained. And shortly after that time, one by one, they left this world. My grandfather first, and about a year and a half later, my grandmother. And I was asked by my father, he said, Robert, do you think you could conduct your grandmother's funeral? I did. Then my grandmother's. I've been there. And we always use that hymn at the very end for all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confess. I had very godly grandparents that prayed for me to make sure that I got to this point in life. Today we remember those that have gone on before us. And I hope that every time you hear that hymn, I'm going to borrow a hymnal here so I can remember the last verse because sometimes this to me is one of the most emotional hymns for me personally. As we gather to say goodbye to those that we love, those that we have that assurance that the Bible teaches that to be absent from this body is to be present with our Lord it's that fourth verse and sixth verse that really, really always hit me. Verse number four, O blessed communion, fellowship divine. We feebly struggle, they in glory shine. Yet we are one in thee, for all are thine, hallelujah, and hallelujah. And I always think of the book of Revelation as it talks about those saints that are before the throne of grace, singing and raising their voice, hallelujah, worthy is the Lamb. When you come to this last verse, from earth's wide mounds, from ocean's farthest coast, through gates of pearl streams in the countless host, singing to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, hallelujah and hallelujah. One reason I put that hymn early in the service today is if we had sung it right before I had to preach, I don't think I could have gotten started. Because every time... I hear that hymn. I think of all those that I have loved and all those throughout the centuries, many that gave their life in martyrdom for the faith, and it thoroughly humbles me. 
to follow in their footsteps. These saints, those that we love, those that live within our hearts, yeah, I have many in my life, as some of you know, to watch them leave this earth to say goodbye with that hymn. Heavenly Father, it is true as the hymn said, we feebly struggle on this earth and at times we don't understand those, the pain that we go through at the time of loss. But Father, you have given us the power of your Holy Spirit to give us comfort in those times. Let us be doers of the word and not hearers only so that when that day comes that we stream in to your heavenly kingdom, we will hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, bless this congregation and may our eyes and our ears be open to understand the love that you have for us and the place that you have prepared for us. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay.
Hey, that's all the time we have for this weekend edition of the program, Truth to Ponder. We'll talk more about these same topics next week. Let me tell you, one of the most horrifying things to me is how many people that claim the name of Christ were willing to stay away from church forever, for a year. They feared the virus more than they feared God. I know so many wonderful Christian people that simply are afraid of the virus because they believed all the hyped up fear. If you really analyze the numbers, you're being lied to. There's an agenda. It's amazing how fast the churches got shut down, but not the liquor stores and the Walmarts and what have you. If you believe in the ministry, would you consider helping us out? Let us know how you listen on shortwave or or on the air anywhere, whether it's a podcast. We need to know. Let us know. You can go to our website. You can also give us support if you can help with the airtime bill. Our mailing address is Truth to Ponder. Make the checks payable to Ancient Word Radio. We are at 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, Georgia. Zip code is 30537. And until next week, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.